Yo, yo, what is good, my people? It's your boy, Big Drizzlax, here with the Drizzlax Hip Hop Show. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode. Uh, We have something special this week, man. This fucking podcast over two parts has been absolutely amazing with Wolsey. Of course, he's the Australian DJ champion for 2019-2020. His story is absolutely amazing, man. And I'm really, like I said before, impressed with this young man. He's doing fucking great things, and it's amazing to see. I really hope that there are younger people out there listening. I know that a few people have contacted me, so I'm talking to you guys, put in the work, respect the culture, and um, do it yourself. We live in an age where just doing things yourself and building and, you know, you buy a turntable, you work at your shitty job, and if it's something that you really want to get into, Get into it, man, but it's not going to be easy. Just know that nothing worth doing comes easy. So to get to the level that Wolsey's on, I think is extremely difficult, but there are a lot of other avenues out there, you know, write rhymes if you have a good voice. If you don't, then don't. And uh, just sometimes I think we forget that in hip hop, it's just good to be a fan. You don't need to be involved. You don't need to be a rapper if that's not something that you're good at. You don't need to be a turntablist, man, so just be a fucking fan. If you really want to take this culture seriously, speak well about it and present yourself in a certain way. Help people in the community, shout people out in the community, repost things and play your fucking part, play your position and shit. But if it's something that you really do want to get into as an artist, just know that the road is going to be very, very fucking long and you're going to have to um, step the fuck up, pay your dues and all that stuff. But the rewards also can be extremely wonderful and great. Just before I get started, just want to give a massive shout out to Frank at Union Heights uh, for all your one-stop hip-hop shop needs. I'm not sponsored by Union Heights, but Frank is such an amazing guy that I don't really mind shouting him out. And also, Wolsey works there as well. So for paint, for clothes, for hip-hop stuff, memorabilia. Also, they have the online store as well. You can also, if you live in Melbourne, you can buy on online, which is what I do. And then you can pick it up if you don't want to go pay for that postage and you're just going up to chapel anyway. And, uh, yo, just support local. Support your local mum and pop type shops. And uh, COVID's been a motherfucker, man. Of course, you know what it's done to small business. Also, just a massive shout out to Biggs and Judds last week for sharing just online, reposting the shit. It's, uh, you know, no one's going to really go out of their way to look for things these days, but I kind of feel like with advertising and if you kind of push something that you believe in, like my podcast, I said I've, I've done almost 35 episodes. I've never really asked for anybody to share. And if you don't want to, that's cool as well. You can listen to it and, and that's doing enough for me you know so thank you and yo grab your popcorn grab your snacks buckle up here we go I want 
wanted to ask you, uh, you know, since winning winning this Oz shit, mm-hmm. um, the set that I saw from that guy, we briefly spoke about this. Yep. The French guy, right? So yep. we from, briefly, from this this year, this the one year. just passed. Yep. The whole back, uh, what's it called? When you're not pulling a record back, back spinning. Yeah. Don't, I yeah. don't. When I was watching his shit, I don't know where what he's doing mm-hmm. is coming into his set. Yep. So when did that become a thing? Because I don't, I don't like that, bro. Look, that's been a thing pretty much. Does since. anyone talk about that, or it's a it's a spoken thing in behind closed doors with so a lot what? of turntablists and shit. It sort of is a lot of some dudes are vocal about it and don't do it. I'm one of those dudes. While I can appreciate guys that pull off routines that use the the whole edited stuff where you push it forward to twelve o'clock and you have the same mm. sort of three bars. Um, you know, and then you got to push it forward to get to the next head note. That's not the way I learnt, and mm. it's not. I I I just won't ever put a routine really together like that. Like, of course, these days with technology and whatever, you make your own scratch samples, scratch sentences, mm, and stuff yeah, like no that. Doubt, so you yeah. don't just have to go back to using battle records and and that sort of stuff. Yeah, you, you can make unique scratch sequences. So when I'll do that and, you know, make a juggle routine or whatever, like, or what I call, you know, my hybrid routines where I go from scratching quickly into a juggle pattern or a couple of juggle patterns and then back into scratching, making stuff like that, you know, you'll take for, you know, like in Ableton or whatever program you use, one track will be my left hand and one track will be my right hand. My right hand will pretty much just have the beat for the most part playing start to finish because that I'll be doing all, obviously all my cuts and then it'll have that one part where I mark it like, okay, this is where I need to put a cue point because that's the head note for the, the juggle portion of it. And then the left hand uh, track will have the scratch samples or whatever all sequenced and BPM to the beat that I'm using. And then if I go into a juggle, I'll just copy that four bars or whatever and put it in, in that track. And so I just got to go, all right, there it is. But what a lot of dudes do beyond that is instead of having to rewind to get back to that yeah. that one note, they'll just push forward. Yeah. If you played their juggle tracks out, it would play sort of to about nine o'clock or, you know, that sort of three quarter point on a record. Mm-hmm. And then from the three quarter until the, the 12 o'clock point is air. There's, oh, no, there's fuck, nothing man. there. So for me, that's the wackest shit ever. Look, I think this year's routine, I think, and he did it less than I've seen him do it in, in years previous. Okay. And, and to be fair, I think he does it less than some other dudes that yeah. I've seen. Even there's a handful of local guys that yeah. are able to, you know, get away with having essentially one juggle pattern that yeah. they do, but because they push forward to 12 o'clock or whatever, they can just repeat that same pattern over a few different tracks and, and yeah. they think it's, you know, a goer when it's you know anyone that's into juggling whatever you, you call it and go yeah. he's got one pattern he's just pushing at 12 o'clock I, I kind of dug his set i was like man what the fuck it I've, deserved to i win. was like i haven't been into turntablism for a very long time um but there was another part of me where i was definitely going fuck me i'm getting fucking old because i don't understand what's going on here 
I think I Emerge was the first guy in 2000 or something to press up his first shit or yeah later on that well, set that yeah, it's all was, about the music yeah, set yeah he was one of the first so dudes I remember that-, that being like people were like oh he's not changing wax anymore like he shouldn't win or whatever the fuck but I was like you know what I don't know I kind of well the thing and, and a lot of people give I Emerge shit for that because they credit him with being the guy that oh he pressed up custom wax to, to win but mm. The thing with iMerge is if you take that record, because the record that he won with is the exact records that he released, audio side, the um, one with like the red and green cover or whatever, you go through that entire record, their whole beats. So those beats and shit that he was juggling, you notice to get to that next part of the juggle, whatever juggle is coming up, he has to spin it forward like three or four times yeah, yeah, to yeah. find that, that, yeah. that groove. Yeah. Whereas a lot of other guys will just go, oh, okay, well, in this part of the routine, this track's playing, it's playing like a build-up sample or whatever, so I'll just cut the sample off here and then put it right there. Mm-hmm. But you play that song and it's just almost random static sounds or whatever, but it's the performance that that makes it a coherent yeah. sort of track. Um, and that that's definitely the European influence in the in the mm. battle scene where a lot of um and there's a guy out of France who has I think produced the the records for I think maybe like five or six world champions where he he'll press it up in a way where he almost has to teach dudes how mm. to perform it because yeah. of the random staticky sounds and shit yeah, that yeah, are there. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to take anything away from the skills that these dudes yeah, have. You like, still, yeah. but you, you've still got to have a yeah. ridiculous <laughs> ability and finesse to be able to pull this shit off. Mm. But because I come from learning how to juggle on traditional tracks, that's what the turntablism is to me. Mm. Taking music that's already been mixed, mastered and released and you live remix it you're oh, doing the flip man. to change it to change the time signature or to change the sound or whatever yeah it's not about taking it into your pro tools and chopping it up and then using that chop to to do a flip now obviously there is a lot of gray area in that um the dj bones record for example the australasian dragon uh-huh. battle breaks it was very yeah. popular here he i think found the perfect medium between editing a song that had already been released but what he would do is he would actually do a remix. So there's a there's one track in particular where he uses full clip and he's taken all the kicks and the hi-hats and yeah, the snares yeah. of full clip and remade it in a way that's very friendly and really, really easy to juggle. But when you play the whole sequence out, you can nod your head to it and it's four yeah, bars yeah. and it's and it sort of comes full circle, if that yeah, makes well, sense. Yeah, fully. Whereas a lot of guys will just have random, like I said, random static sounds here and there, but then if you played it all, if you just put the needle on it and played it, there's no time signature to it. Yeah, but damn. But by you doing little baby cuts here and little stuff there, that's what makes it sort of mm. rounded out. So, yo, is is Bones still around? What happened to him, man? Bones, he was fucking. I, he was very active back in the days. After the obese era, and after like roll call and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that, I'm not too sure. I think I think it's just family. You know, he, yeah. he sort of it's grew changed, out of it, yeah, and, yeah. and no work and family and stuff like that. But he's actually recently starting to produce again, yeah. and and he's been popping up on Instagram, and I've chatted Word. to him a few times because I've always been a massive fan yeah, of him. Same. Not just from the battle tip, but also from the 
performing live. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, and uh, he did an interview with DJ Sanchez from from the lesson in Adelaide, mm. and um, he goes on about the way he used to have to perform tracks with Muffin Platonic and stuff like that, where the beat or whatever would be playing out of an MPC, and if he had two different samples that had to be cut in the one sort of song or for the one hook he'd have both on the left and the right turntable and would have to you know jigger jigger play that sample and then would have to jump over to the other turntable and do a few you know like stabs Mm. so that one dropped over the same time or this one's playing so it sounds like the exactly how it is on on record and that bugged me out because that's sort of how i perform yeah like with your format and stuff because the boys knew that i would i wasn't going to not have cuts on every fucking on every fucking track but um so the way i normally do it is i'll have most sort of 75 percent of the samples i'll have on my sort of my scratching turntable and then if it's a really heavy part where there's lots of multi-layered samples i'll have one sample on the turntable and then one hard lined into the instrumental so when i perform it it sounds exactly like how it is on the record now i rarely get it like nail it 100 (laughs) percent yeah because i think after having to record a a full ep of your own cuts you have to do them so many times to get them right blah 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 blah. yeah i did get a little bit cocky i've fucking done these cuts a million times i can do them live no stress and man i reckon there's probably the last show we did two fridays ago i reckon is about as close to it sounding album Mm. or or how it was on the release and me doing it live um so what are you doing now are you are you doing uh what are you doing cuts and shit for yeah so so i've the main dudes that i'm working with are obviously ill format and hide goons they're they're my two sort of like crews ill format we released yeah our last ep i think 20 2019 so we're sort of starting to get stuff together to to do something else whether that be some singles or another EP or, or an album. I, I think the, the album thing naturally is where I think we'll all probably sort of yeah. go towards that route, which, you know, we'll, that'll take time because I'm in no rush to put out stuff. I'd rather take, spend five years on it and get it fucking bang on rather yeah. than, you know, rush shit out. Perfectionist just, just to be part of everyone, the hype of everyone else's yeah, releasing yeah, yeah, shit yeah. so we've got to release shit. Like, yeah. fuck that, man. I'd just yeah. rather wait and do it when the time's right, the time's right and that's it. And then I've got another, like I said before, I've got another project in the works with um with Bigfoot, uh, Overproof Pete from 750 Rebels and Heater. He just released something, yeah? Yeah, he just released his, technically and his debut EP. Overproof Pete um, well. Yeah, Pete uh, did his- Was that a 12 uh, or something? A, a, sudden, or a sudden reminder, yeah, yeah. I think it's a four track or six track EP. I haven't EP, heard it yet, but it seems like which, everyone's talking enough, about it. Which, funnily enough, is his debut EP. Like, you know, oh, how no Overproof's been around for a minute, man, but- what? All these features and that. projects with yeah, 750 yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. This, I think, was technically his debut Holy EP after shit. all this time, man. So that yeah. was real dope. And then Bigfoot steadily been releasing, you know, like seven inches through, I think, lesser known, Lazy Gray's label. Mm-hmm. So he did that um, uh, Man Bags, which has yeah, like yeah. this dope sort yeah, of I saw polo. That, yeah, that's dope. Uh, man, I love man that Man Bag thing on the cover, yeah. as well as, you know, like Bigfoot's done his giant steps mm. and all that from back in the day. So yeah. um, we've got a little something in the works that's... Um, that you know not to you know sound you know yeah it's gonna be very uh actually it'll, it'll spoke to him and i was like i was like yo man when you're gonna come on the show and he's just like uh just just give me a uh a little bit 
like a, I think yeah he was hinting towards maybe yeah, yeah so, so I don't want to say shit yeah like, so I, I don't want to speak too much on it just because it'll ruin out. that <laughs> yeah, man, do whatever but yeah so it's we've got we've got something, <laughs> no, something. it's like you can't say shit to me man I, I you know what I mean like yeah yeah I, I don't like saying shit but you know but also at the to- at the same time you know I like, knew about the miles ago seven oh. inches uh, a very 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 long time before even the first one yeah dropped and sometimes i want to like say some shit to some cunts like but i'm like fuck if it finds out if it comes from that privilege man yeah because you know motherfuckers can always backtrack and be like where did you actually hear that Mm -hmm. i don't i don't want to be that and hip-hop's got that because of the whole no snitching thing it implied like non-disclosure agreement where someone says something to like oh i got this in the works or you know this Mm. is coming out where unless it's public knowledge you know you don't want to be the dude that when they follow the track who did you hear it off and oh fucking big mouth wallsy oh Okay, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he's yeah. cut off from information now, <laughs> yeah. so and I never want to be never privy to shit ever exactly, again, man. So yeah. that's why I just, you know, generally, unless it's stuff that I know where you know the yeah. dude's involved, it kind of like, oh, whatever, man. Yeah, who yeah, cares yeah. if we leak a bit of info about it? But other than that, you know, like I'll just uh, Johnny Tight Lips, you know. Yeah, it's good to see that there's still so much going on, and you know, coming from. Um, up in Queensland and shit, you know, Lazy's been doing those tapes and he's had, you know, he has a few re-releases and... Yeah, man. I love it, man. In the last year or two, like, seeing Lazy re-release, you know, like, Band in Queensland yeah. and a lot of that stuff and doing his sevens, miles ago doing that 12, yeah. 12-7 series of all these classic joints. Yeah. And How does that go up at Union Heights, those miles ago sevens? Oh, mate, if, if like, we generally... Like dudes come, come like... Because well, I know, like... They're real good two. as well. Like um, Lenny, I know Lenny, uh, uh, he looks after us and we generally yeah. get like a couple of copies of, of most of them. I think maybe only one that we didn't, the first one maybe we didn't get, mm. but we always get a couple of a couple of copies. Like he purposely, he, however many he gets, yeah. he takes out promo copies for the guys that were involved and then um, goes, right, well... These 15 or 20 copies, that's five for Rocking Horse, that's five for Union Heights, mm. and and actually puts effort into putting them into brick-and-mortar stores, Yeah, which, you know, in the era of pre-orders and internet and, mm. you know, a lot of you're seeing, particularly a lot of local labels or whatever, that just kind of not go nose up at the brick-and-mortar stores, but... They go, oh, well, why would I, you know, sell it to wholesale at these guys when if I just put mm. those copies straight on my website, I can make, I can yeah. sell them at retail and yeah, I make yeah, more yeah. more money. Whereas I think it's, it, it is, and I'm, you know, I'm biased, you know, because of my relationship with Frank in the shop and whatnot, but I think it's very important to support the brick and mortar yeah. stores. So anytime I'm in another city or whatever, I'll make a effort to go to the store and yeah. and buy something you know yeah, and I, yeah. I and i know that you know for most stores or whatever you're just another another customer or yeah. whatever because you don't go in going oh, i'm so and so and i work yeah, at yeah, this yeah. shop so you know blah blah blah. but yeah um you know i'll always make the effort to know in myself that i've been to in like the first time i went to brisbane when i got flown up to dj for kings connected mm. i went into rocking horse the morning of the Guess gig so, and just yeah. made sure that i bought something you know to yeah. know in myself that like i've been to rocking horse i've seen yeah. that you know i saw all the tags on the wall it's of crazy. dudes that had dropped through and had a look through their aussie crate and it's so funny because uh I don't know if I was if I was like releasing some shit. I want my shit at a record shop. Well, that's that's a fuck about the online yeah, shit, man. bro. I don't know. That's just me. That I'm was... not an artist, but I want to see my shit in a window, man. man. And that was for, for when we did the ill format EP, man. That was a big thing of the two things that 
were really motivated and we only did cds for the because you know the money thing and, and whatnot but the main two reasons why we wanted to have a physical thing and not just do digital was a we wanted to see in our collections at home our mm. cd collections and whatever and i got fuck all cds mine's all wax but crave's got a big cd collection yeah. he wanted to see if he flicks through them there's an ill format cd yeah. amongst all the other yeah. local shit that he loves and like yeah plus i think that, uh digital to me to a certain extent isn't like the realest uh to me it's a little bit disposable like mm-hmm. i love it I'll, bro you you 100%. don't understand like how much i play digital shit but at the same time, um, it, it's it kind of feels like it doesn't have that feeling sometimes. It doesn't like, because I think, and you know, guys that are into boom bap, I think particularly still have that attachment to mm. physical products because of the whole cover art. Yeah, um, reading through the, the booklet yeah. to see who gets thanked, you know, yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, and, and anytime I get a physical release, to me, or it's whatever, more the sound more than anything. Um, I do like the cover art. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I love covers, man. Sometimes I fucking stare at a cover for an hour, man. Yeah. I think I'm fucking retarded or some <laughs> shit. But for me, it's always been the sound. Yeah. Because the MP3 shit for convenience, and you, you've probably seen on my IG that I've been thinning out my collection yep. or whatever, but just the whole vinyl. I know it sounds fucking cliched and shit. I don't know. Like it's it's Even when I try and get away from this shit, I'm like, I'm going to sell all my records. I just can't fucking do it. Like I'll sell two stacks and then i'll replace that shit in the next with another month. with maybe a half stack yeah. and it's just sort of minute so you cull the for fat. a dig yeah yeah so i'll get rid of this because i'm not listening to it but i'm getting some more of this that yeah. what else? i've still been buying a lot of vinyl lately just because of the sound of it that's the thing with mp3s man i think there's a whole generation out there that doesn't really understand that uh wax you know and maybe some people even collect vinyl but they don't know that you have to have a decent stereo system yeah. to a certain degree. Like yeah. my, a friend of mine hit me up not long ago. He was at a shop somewhere and he was just like, yo, what do you think about this turntable? And I was like, that shit's rubbish, man. Mm. Don't buy that shit. And I was like, what, why are you looking at that turny? He's like, man, I think I'm going to get into wax. I said, man, it's a big, big commitment, oh. bro. I said, you can have a fucking, you can have a speaker, a Bluetooth speaker in every single room. You can pay $12. You For can the have, price yeah. of one, t- yeah. one good turntable, 100%. Yeah, and he's not like, a music music yeah. head i said bro save yourself the headaches i said i'm not look if it's something that you really want to do but i said don't get into this shit just because you think it's cool because it's going to cost you a fucking arm and leg it is a serious hobby bro <laughs> yeah. just to get a good turntable to get you're going to have to get the amp to plug into the turntable if you've never hooked shit up like that before <sighs> you might have dramas with that shit you know like and um, he was just like, yo, man, you were right, man. Shit's at this shit's. Yeah, so for people like listening out there, like if you want to get into it, it's all good, but just know that you, there's going to be struggles with and, and you need speakers, you need a good amp, not you just might need a needle, not you just need a that, but like If you do get into it, of course, you got that initial expense of buying a turntable and yeah, yeah, yeah. decent speakers, decent needles, because I know the audiophile needles ain't cheap. You can't, nah. like, if you're going to go all nah. out- You were you, selling some not long ago. Pair of audiophones, that's all, you know, DMC prize stuff. After you've won a few DMCs, you just accumulate all this mm. gear that, you know, and I'm like, fuck, man, I don't get paid for this shit. I'm going to get, I'm fucking get, get mine, money, man. Yeah. Get some money from this shit. What do you get from-, from it, it varies year to year, depending on, you know, the what, what sponsors are, are involved and stuff. Uh, this year I got like the the new. Oh, sorry, last year I got the new Pioneer mixer. I got a pair of the new Technic 
uh, 12, 10 Mark 7s. Um, oh, tourneys. Yeah, the tourneys. Oh, words. I think I saw a photo of that. You actually, that was a prize. That was prizes, oh, man. So shit. this year, man, like, you know, and that's the, you know, our sort of thing of when you get prizes, you do the post to, to thank the sponsors and, and whatnot yeah, yeah. that supported. Um, but it's all thanks to uh, DJ KC, who runs DMC Australia, man. Mm -hmm. he, he really puts in the effort to get the sponsors on yeah, board. Yeah. Which, uh, for whatever reason, last year, he was able to, you know, get techniques, which that was huge because I was, oh, fuck, because during lockdown and stuff like that, for about six months of the year, I was really, I was in a bad mental place. Right. I was not going to battle, man. Yeah. I was like, nah, I didn't want to defend my title on this bullshit online version, doing, you know, mm. filming it in my studio. Yeah. I don't have the adrenaline of, of you know, doing it in front of a crowd. Um, and, I, and I'm... A, a sort of a, a traditionalist in that sense where I need the adrenaline of doing it in front of a crowd knowing that the six world-class judges are sitting right there yeah. and got that one shot also yeah. a big thing for me and it sort of doesn't really happen a whole lot more with a lot of the, mod the battle DJs of my generation is if I've got a dude that's that I've been thinking about all year that this is the guy to beat, and Midsole was that guy in 2019 because I got beaten by him in 2018, and all I was thinking the next year was like when I lost to Typhonic, I have to fucking come back and make it unanimous. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. it's not not just about just beating him or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, have I have to, to come back and make it unanimous, yeah. and I have to do what he did to beat me. I have to do it better if yeah. I'm going to fucking win. And I still remember the moment where like I looked him square in the eyes as my intro was playing and he was right sitting right there next to the judges and I've just eyed him off and then just gone and done the old cutthroat cut fucking shit, yeah. you know and um and I remember the reaction from the crowd because they from that point they knew like fucking hell yeah, like yeah. walls is not fucking around and yeah. there was even a few comments on the YouTube video or, or maybe my Instagram or some shit have gone fuck man you knew that he was in for it after you stared him in the fucking face and yeah. just went nah That's this is this is mine man and then um there was even because i got the unanimous win that year and that meant more to me than just the, the title alone mm. that every year that i've lost i came back the next year and unanimously won yeah and even the one judge who isn't a biggest fan of me as a person and the feelings mutual he even had to give me first yeah, because I just made it you to the point. It. Made it to the point where Word. it's just like that's dope. Yeah, and that's, that's and that's that meant more that to shit, me. That shit shouldn't enter um, in the first place, bro. If you're a judge, you shouldn't be. It there. shouldn't, but it unfortunately it's human. It's human nature. And look, I I've never judged, so I mm. I can't. You will. I, well, that's the thing. You like will. you know, once I'm retiring, man, I'll probably be like yeah. you know, the J Red of like I'll just be there every year to because that's another thing as well. Speaking of J Red, how did that feel? Oh, it felt pretty fucking good, man. Yeah. Like, I um, he's always been, you know, he, he's been a mentor to me yeah. for so many years, man. And a lot of the stuff, the reason I got better and stuff was because of the encouragement that he gave me. Mm. Also, the way I DJ when I just do mixes and stuff, like a lot of the trick mixing stuff I do and, you know, little cuts I do to introduce stuff is all based off stuff I've seen him do live. Yeah. But- that dude as a fucking DJ man is phenomenal. Yeah, I've Absolutely seen many, phenomenal many times, yeah, man. No and doubt. and I don't think I'll ever be on the same level as him on terms of like DJing, like holding crowds and stuff. That dude mm. can go in and out of genres, in and out yeah. of songs, can yeah, yeah, juggle yeah. while there's a dance floor yeah. and not lose the dance floor, man. And yeah, I've yeah. I fuck man, let me tell you, 
There's been times where I've had a dance floor at certain gigs <laughs> and I've gone, you know what? Everyone's digging it. Every track you're dropping is, you know, people are just responding exactly mm. how you hope that they and will. Then and then you play that track that you want to play. you want to play. Or, you shouldn't or play. you catch that, that head note. I'm like, oh, I'll do a bit of juggling here. And if it's a fucking split second out split and the second, D floor bro. lose that, that, yeah. that head nod. Yeah. Game over. Game over. You're bro. starting from scratch, and you've got to fucking hope that that next track you drop is yeah. fucking heat. Because, Fire, yeah. but man, I've Get watched the, I've shit. watched this dude at Section Eight, Grumpies, at all these yeah. venues have a dance floor of people, and not make a mistake. Yeah. And that's the most incredible thing to see. Like anyone who hasn't gone to see J Red live, man, I, I recommend it highly. Man, he yeah. he's a phenomenal DJ, and another thing that he doesn't get recognition for is after he finished battling and and whatnot he hung around the scene to help nurture the next dudes that came through after him mm. so i know i'm not the first generation of dudes that are battle or battling or were battling as a direct response of stuff that he has said to people mm. my my pretty much my whole crew dj elevate dj osiris and patty b the master obviously was DJing a little bit before J-Red, but those three dudes have all said to me on countless occasions the reason we are battling and the reason I wanted to get into battles was watching fucking J-Red. Because yeah. they're all, you know, they all were yeah, Melbourne yeah. heads while he was DJing and battling and they'd see him at these battles and Elevate in particular coming from the hip-hop camp. And he's spoken to me about it many times. He goes, man, I still remember the day, I can't remember what gig it was, but I went up to Jared and go, oh man, I'm into this, blah, 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 blah. I just, you know, like, you're such an inspiration. And Jared, the fact that Jared gave him the time of day to have a bit of a chat with him about, yeah. oh, about cuts Word. or whatever. And this would have been, you know, fucking gone on 20 years ago almost. Yeah. And he still has that memory of of Jared, you know, going, no, nah, man, like, stick fat at it, man, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the same with me, man, after, you know, I and, and I think after I'd sort of proved myself that I wasn't going away and that I was going to be a pest and, mm. and hang around like a cockroach, mm. I think he... um he sort of warmed up to me a bit more yeah, and, and you know and, and you know i've been to his house quite countless times for for jams and to you know just have a, have a cut and yeah, stuff like sick, that man. and um and even you know whenever i've got a big dj gig or whatever like uh 2019 after winning i got booked to do uh, the sydney and melbourne legs of festival x which is a which was the sort of it's a half stereosonic but half com very commercial rap orientated festival yeah, yeah, yeah. at melbourne and sydney showgrounds yeah and i got booked um to do one of the earlier slots at those oh, gigs sick, bro. and i was fucking shitting myself absolutely shitting myself because i know i can do any venue in melbourne with at a local hip-hop event or whatever mm. i know the crowd i know yeah. what tracks i can can and can't play and it's but man doing like a more commercial set and because tr traditionally you do you know the a few smaller clubs or bars then you get like a major club you know like in melbourne mm. or whatever on a big night doing a one in the morning two in the morning set when it's packed yeah. and then you get the call up for the festivals have you thought about going into those circles or you just want to kind of stick look, where you're comfortable look it's it's something that i've had numerous discussions with people about and you it's see yourself playing because i'll tell you one thing about j red i went down to laundry bar one night off my head on the madisms nights yeah and yeah. he was there was a lot of good looking women there that was it wasn't a hip-hop like i don't think it was a real hip-hop thing um but he was like juggling justin timberlake and yeah shit, and it was insane bro it was like that yeah dun, 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 yeah dun, dun. yeah bro 
it was fucking like I never seen anything like it, man. People dancing, people talking. It was yeah, just man. like, oh my. That's what you were just saying before with the genres. But it's just do you ever see yourself? You ever see yourself playing a bit of JT and shit? Or look, I <laughs> my my like the thing JT and stuff like that. I can get around because like Timberland on yeah. production and a yeah. lot of my favorite juggles and shit mm. was just from the Timberland era yeah. where all the dopest juggles that were coming out shit. each year, man, I've were on Timberland beats. Man. I fucking love Timbo beats. The first time I heard Timberland was a uh, CD called Timberland and Magoo, and I bought yep. this thing at Central Station a very long There's time ago. There's a few haters on that, man. Yeah, I, and, I've um, got a few juggles with some tracks that I haven't debuted. But I've got a few juggle routines with some oh, of those. So you joints. know the joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I think it, part of that scene, I'd, I'd definitely be capable. I think the the one thing I'd, I'd really have to focus on is my music knowledge of. You have to know what dudes are listening to now, which listening to the state of hip hop and commercial mm, rap now, I have fucking no interest in listening mm. to any of that shit. I fucking yeah. hate it all. Let it be known that I'm not down with any of this new shit. Everyone has the same flow. They sound the same. The same fucking 808 snares and same shit over everything. There's rarely stuff coming out, especially on the, like, from the commercial rarely. thing. Where it, yeah. it, Personally, I feel like I'm so out of touch. Yeah, same. Because um, I watch a thing on YouTube called Cool Kicks. It's a sneaker thing. Yep. And they always have these artists that come in mm -hmm. and they're... It's like they're talking to each other, but for the first time in my life, mm. they're talking about these hip-hop tracks and this shit that's happening down south, and I have no idea. Same. It's, I'm exactly It's another same, language. Man. For the first time in my life, I, I'm watching other people talk about what they're calling hip-hop, and I'm like, I don't understand what they're saying. Yeah. I don't know any of the names. I don't know any of those hit tracks that they're talking about. Um, so I'm the exact same. Man. I would, yeah, like I mean, I wouldn't know where to start. The other personally. thing, the other thing as well that I'm really not down with in that scene is the whole dick sucking thing mm, okay. to get these gigs. Would you ever do something like, uh, would you ever do some shit like Z Trip type shit or not? Like where you were playing snippets of fucking Led Zeppelin yeah. and, and and doing the shadow. Like there was that real, that was a big Definitely. Big I think if we, if it's particularly in Australia and it is hard for bigger, you know, name or bigger size promoters because mm. it's a big risk to do, to do a big day out now. Like when big day out was in a golden era where you could have a mix of, of hip-hop and local rock and heavy metal and everything, you know, yeah. different stages, but yeah, everyone days, would kind man. of check out each stage and, and stuff that like shit. that. I just see footage of a lot of my favorite metal bands and stuff. I look at, you know, YouTube and I'll spend yeah. hours just going, oh, it's the showgrounds in 04, yeah. like, you know, System of a Down it's amazing, and this man. shit. It was amazing. Even when I was up in Sydney, I remember one New Year's Day, I used to go to this one fucking park. I can't even tell you what it is, but I saw the Scratch Perverts that day. I saw mm -hmm. LTJ Bookham, yeah. MC Conrad. I saw Felix the House Cat. Fuck, there was a few other hip hop acts as well. And uh, but the, just having it the, was just amazing, man. But I think also really, then really that amazing. was in a, in an era where it was worth it to for promoters to to, so that, to take a risk. Doesn't happen anymore. Not no. really. No, it, like the, the bigger me. name festivals and stuff, like Stereosonic. It became, I think, like they get acts that that they know are popular and they look some of, I can't speak for the local acts that they get because I know 
the these sort of festivals will get local you know the melbourne one they'll get the first two or three djs on every stage yeah will be local ones and same for sydney and same for brisbane but i don't know if the punters would even pay attention to if you were to do say like Soundwave, for example. If yeah. you if you were to try and combine a Soundwave with a Stereo Sonic or, you know, something like that where a few stages were like, you know, house or your dance music, whether that be hip hop or drum and bass or whatever, that, you know, that mixed in with a bit of the rock crowd and, and stuff like that. I really don't know if it'd work. And, and, and Fuck so, me. So, and so I think a lot of... Things have changed, man. Things have really fucking changed. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. And, and that, I think, means that the guys like myself and guys that are doing stuff that that is almost reminiscent of an yeah. era that has passed, it means that there's a lot less opportunities yeah. Yeah, to, yeah. to do that next, that yeah. next level. And, and in saying that, there's DJ Bass Cadet that I mentioned before from Perth who DJs for Shadow, who's mm. I th- who I believe is on Golden Era Records now. So they supported Hilltop Hoods on their, I think, the, pretty sure the national tour. So he was able to bring turntablism to the Hilltop Hoods crowd, which now, the Hilltop Hoods crowd now isn't like the Hilltop Hoods crowd of 10 years ago versus the Hilltop Hoods crowd of 20 20 years years ago. ago. They've changed, you know, rightly so, because, man, like, they've put in the work and now they're enjoying the fruits of their labor. So he actually posted a video today of him cutting up crisscross joint or whatever but doing jump, it jump around, ju- jump around yeah. yeah in the middle of like his mc's show he gives him you know five minutes and go man do, you know do your thing and you know does a bit of a juggle has a bit of a cut and does body tricks and the fucking crowd lose it and i know exactly what that crowd are thinking because i've seen crowds do this where mm. they go i can't believe someone can do that with fucking turntables and yeah, this yeah, is yeah. real djing and yeah. shit but because that hasn't been a part of mainstream hip-hop for so long the general consumer of you know your average rap consumer mm. has forgotten that yeah. yeah there's these dudes that are up the back behind the rapper mm. that are responsible for this shit. shit because a lot of new commercial rap now they'll have dudes on controllers yeah I shit you not sitting there and just never seen it. They never seen a mix master no, mark. They never, never seen 100%. Oh, man. And it's really Listen disappointing like to see, man. And that's why when I got the phone call to DJ for Kings Connected for the Melbourne, Sydney, uh, sorry, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Adelaide shows, I spoke to Trim and to Dantes about doing the show. And Damn, that must be an honor, bro. Man, that was, I still remember exactly. I was, I was painting man. my grandparents' house, helping grandpa out with some painting and shit. Mm. I remember getting this the, the call and, you know, like, hey, man, is this Wolsey? And it's like, yeah, it's Trim. And I, go, and I just remember thinking, like, sort of held the phone back for some Yeah, I would have been, fuck off, cunt. That's, I would have hung up. That's exactly my <laughs> thinking, but something about, like, I'm just like, no, nah, that sort of sounded like Trim. He Big. leaves a voice message oh, for- Oh, word, for, I know that, for, yeah, for, yeah, um, the strip club this, Yeah, yeah, and he goes, hey, Rob, I right, yeah. chill. And yeah, I'm sitting yeah, there going, yeah. this might be him. I'm yeah. like, oh, hey, man. And, and, you know, he's like, oh, I don't know if you're familiar with King's Connected, blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah, like, yeah, fucking yeah. oath, I got the CD yeah. in the car. Oh, well, we're doing a, t- a show in Melbourne for the launch of the album, and and I go, yeah, I know. I was the first dude to go into the shop and buy a ticket. I've got yeah. the ticket here in my wallet now. And he goes, oh, well, would you want to, de- you know, DJ, DJ for the boys? Damn. Because um, their DJ, Strict9, he, uh, I think, for whatever reason, couldn't make the- It was just a date issue where he couldn't quite make it on that date or whatever. But they'd locked it in for the Revs show and wanted mm. to get promo started and, and whatnot. And I have a feeling that Heater 
had a big involvement in sort oh, of yeah. so, sort of nudging trim and yeah, going, yeah. You should get Wally, man. A couple of weeks before I got the call, I remember seeing at Record Store Day, whatever year it was, him and Trim having a little chat while I was DJing. Yeah. And it was sort of like a an observant, like, yeah, like yeah, almost yeah, yeah. how a, a basketball scout yeah. would kind of have a chat with a coach and go, so, mm. you know, this guy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I just sort of saw it and thought nothing of it. And then, Word. you know, and then, and then Trim gave me the call, man. And, and I was just like, oh, he's like, what would you, your fee be for something like that? I'm like, mate, if you just fucking, if you just refund the money for the ticket, yeah. I'll just fucking do it, man. Like, this yeah. is huge. Like, this is an honor, man. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love Kings Connected, yeah. man. Like, not just the resume, but it was, again, a step closer to that goal I always had of DJing mm. for dudes that I yeah. thought were phenomenal rappers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a big reason to push to win DMC titles because I thought if I'm the DJ doing these live shows with Culprit and Dantes, fuck, man, like, lyrical commission had jay red who was mm. a world champion mm. so fuck man the next uncut dudes better have a fucking good dj to you know keep that you know momentum, thing, the yeah. momentum going yeah. you know a few weeks so i told him 100 times yes i'll do it and then dantes called me uh, maybe a few weeks later and um had said oh you know well we wanted to give you five minutes in the middle of the show to do your thing yeah and you're like what do you mean you know he's like well you just do a whatever routine, you want do yeah. a routine or whatever and so i came up with a routine that i've since retired it and i won't do it again now i won't i'll never say never but it's my king's connected routine i'll only do it when i'm djing with those guys yeah, yeah. and but the fact that dudes at that tier and to me they're the top tier of the underground yeah. hip-hop scene the fact that they would let a, a kid to give me five minutes to do my thing where they're just go no 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 we know what how good you are at your craft have the crowd so i remember when they they sort of did a little intro for me in between the parts just before i was about to do it and, and culprit sort of turns around and goes i think fucking walls he's got something to say and then i just do this in this routine with a um oh, fucking hell, i can't remember i can't remember what the song was but it's um it was a real again it was almost like a army of the pharaohs type beat very epic thing because i yeah. knew that doing my nerdy stuff because i've got a lot of nerdy tracks on like Cutmaster kurt beats and mm. stuff like that where it's mad tech juggles but it has to fit the crowd if you're going to show mm. a crowd something they have to be able to digest it yeah. and i feel like the hip-hop crowds of, of recent times maybe can't digest the mega technical yeah. side of turntablism so i was yeah. like well i have to find that perfect medium between doing fast and doing cuts where people go holy shit as well as doing body tricks and yeah. doing juggles and stuff to show these dudes that no, no turntablism is still happening there's, only, there's just a few of us and man i still remember the feeling of when they sort of you know introed me and then they just go to either side of the stage and duck down Mm. And they're just staring at me going, no, this is your time. Yeah, your shit. And, and man, like, I remember after that getting a lot of feedback from people and a lot of people sort of realized that, that you know, I was serious about yeah. this shit because not just because I was doing it. I was doing it on my own and whatever, but I think for, the, for a lot of hip-hop fans, unless they're worded up through their favorite artists or sort of 
told the to no look at look this way yeah. because this dude's doing this yeah, thing a bit of, uh, that's when people realize yeah, yeah. You know, like a bit of a nudge to, to to appreciate it and to to look at it yeah so i'll forever be thankful to culprit and dontez for giving me that's that dope, giving man. me that platform man and shit i'll um, be thankful as a motherfucker. man that and, and then <laughs> i didn't realize so i was at home practicing my cuts and whatnot we had one day of rehearsal the day before the show and i remember just sitting there going Fuck, it sounds pretty good for one day of rehearsal. Like yeah. we're fucking sounding all right. And then there's one song on that on that Corrupted Citizens album uh, called "The Sit Down," mm. which has got Trem's verse and Two Bucks doing yeah, the, doing the, the one, scratches. Yeah. And fuck, those cuts are just so phenomenal. Um, but and so I was sort of like. I wasn't stressing about my routine or any of that because once you've practiced it a thousand fucking times, you know it back to front. It's yeah. muscle memory. Yeah. The only thing I was stressing about was trying to pull off two bucks cuts at a live format. How did it go? Oh, man, I did pretty well, I thought. Like, I, I, I you know, like, I'm always my worst critic. I'll yeah. sit there and yeah, I'll yeah. hear one thing that's just not quite on where yeah. no, literally no one else in the room Gives will notice. Fuck. Even dudes like you know like trem and stuff like that that usually you know will pick mm. mistakes i thought i was really good but then when i got there i remember in sound check getting there and setting up and shit and two buck walks in he'd flown down from sydney just to see the show okay two bucks and in the room i cannot fuck this up and then yeah. i remember doing it and kind of looking off to the left of stage after this song had happened and he was just like nodding Is it the, 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 approval, the approval the nod of yeah, approval yeah they're like no no <laughs> This like, fucking yeah. stop sweating and shit. Oh man, yeah, yeah, that's that. Dope. See, it's so dope that they're kind of all been um, just bringing you into all this shit, you know. And I wanted to, I kind of feel like I always wanted to bring the next generation in more mm -hmm. into this thing because it is such a magical and dope thing, and it's just dope to see that. That's what they're doing with you, you know. I don't like that gatekeeper shit. I think that it ruined hip-hop on a whole bunch of levels where there was a lot of dudes, especially in the vinyl game, that were just like, man, we 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 have records that you would never even know of or mm -hmm. you would this, that, whatever. And um, it just got to this stage, I think, where people didn't want to fucking be a part of it because... Yep. Um, they weren't felt welcomed and shit. So when I hear you talk about all these lads and they're opening the doors for Man. you, they're calling you and they're, they're, they're like, yo, we see potential in this dude. And, and we, that need, I think we from... need so many more people exactly like right, you. Man. To come into this because it is a special i'm about to hit 42 years mm. old man and i've been into this shit for almost 30 years yeah. and i'm gonna be into this shit till i die 100%. like i pump hip-hop at work all day because i can listen to shit and there's a lot of people at my work that look at me weird and they're like man what the fuck like ain't you old too old to be oh, playing you know what man. i mean and I i'm like bro 20 years time if i'm still working here i'm still gonna be playing this shit 100 man Thing. wish there was more kids like you like or yeah. younger people like you that were you know 15 years younger than me mm -hmm. that were maybe not even becoming turntablists or djs but even as somebody coming into the culture and going like man i wouldn't mind getting some older records like yeah. maybe i can get a nas record or get some wu-tang albums like you know ghost faces first yeah. joint or something and to, to to really be like fuck man i love this shit and um you know maybe even be into shit that's coming out now and 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 but still kind of 
you know, go back a bit where I just, I don't know, man. I don't know how it got fucked up yeah, so look, much. The man. gatekeeper issue, I think, I completely agree with you. I think it's the younger generation, like when I was coming up, we would see certain guys like yeah. your trims and stuff as, un- as the yeah. gatekeepers. So yeah. when you're on the bottom looking up, you see these guys as gatekeepers, but when certain guys start flexing that yeah. and going, well, yeah. I've been doing this for fucking however long yeah, and blah, blah, a, blah. There was a lot of them, bro. A lot of it can dishearten people. Yeah. Again, I put it down to Heater and Frank being at the right yeah. place at the right time, yeah. meeting the right people. And they've wit- luckily, they witnessed me doing my thing at the right day. And I was, you know, in the zone at certain times. And I've, I've been able to, for lack of a better word, impress dudes mm. at, at certain points. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm extremely fortunate in the, and I, but I do know that not a lot of guys, because of the lack of shows or the lack of gigs and a lot of these guys, as, the, you know, they've gotten older and whatever, they don't spend their nights going to gigs anymore because yeah, they've got yeah. families and, yeah, and yeah. have careers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I've always tried to, any younger guys that I've spoken to, mm. um, I always try and... Try yeah, like and mentorship. Yeah, yeah, try and inspire them. Yeah, try and inspire them to some degree. And I, like one guy in particular, I did an interview uh, for another couple of guys I know podcast, Bilby and uh, Miles, who run Bilby runs a studio with the Nine Two Five guys uh, from sort of Northcote area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they've got a little clique of a few rappers, a few producers, and you know a few writers and artists. And so they've got all the sort of avenues on lock. And in this interview, he asked me, "So if you know there's no DJ in the crew or or whatever, how do you suggest that people get around that?" And I go, "Well, the guys making the beats, they've got the ear for." samples or for how shit mm. musically how when stuff sounds good when stuff's in key they can yeah. recognize yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah that's in key and stuff and he goes well you know should i should those dudes start doing cuts or is it worth reaching out and i just said look in this day and age being a dj isn't attractive unless you're more down the edm club route and that's where you want to go which is cool mm. but for us hip-hop heads to reach out to a dj or whatever they're few and far between especially you know like someone like myself who like i've got my sort of two or three crews that i work with yeah and i'm not really looking to add any more guys to the to the to that resume and some dudes get offended when they hit me oh you want to do cuts blah 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 yeah yeah. nah gee like i've got my three crews Mm. that i work with and plus you're doing your dmc and 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 doing dmc and stuff Um, and then there's the other side of things where as soon as you mention the word budget mm. and they just go, oh, what do you mean I have to pay for it? I'm like, well, you paid for the beats, didn't you? Yeah. You paid for this fucking studio time. Mm. What, you know, what makes you think that I'm just going to give you four bars yeah. of cuts for free? I don't know. You yeah, shit. Yeah. Because it takes time to get there. It takes time to go there. It takes time for you to go out of your day. It takes time to, you know, like, I don't think anything should be done these days really on that kind of tip. No, I think, look, I think there has to be a mutual a mutual gain out of the project or, mm. or whatever it is. Um, but, and I see it happen all the time where guys are happy to pay producers for, you know, 100, 200, 300 bucks for a beat or whatever. Yeah. But then paying for cuts is, is something that it's sort of, they get a bit taken back by when I talk about budgets and mm. stuff like that. They're like, oh, yeah. you know, I sort of thought you'd do it for free. And I'm like, well... 
two DMs, two national for the culture, bro. Two, you two do national it for the culture. Oh fuck, man, I hate that shit. Like two national <laughs> DMC pay, titles, <laughs> and man, that's one that I love using. Is like yeah. I, can't, I can't pay rent in exposure, yeah. man. Sorry, Lord Finesse was just talking about that. He goes, man, these motherfuckers. He's like all these years for that for the culture, bro. He goes, shit, man, I got to fucking pay rent. I got shit to pay my daughter. I got oh, man. And I was like, man, I'm feeling it. Like even fucking Lord Finesse is like talking about that. And, it, goes, um, it happens everywhere. So when this dude, and I, I knew that he was a producer, and I and he said, oh, well, is it worth reaching out to battle, battle DJ guys or how do I go about getting cuts on my stuff? And I said, don't bother hitting up battle DJs because 99% of them are mm. club orientated and wow. the guys that are into hip hop generally have been around for a while and have already got a crew or whatever you might get lucky mm. here and there but for the most part it's probably going to lead to disappointment yeah i'd focus more of your energy and time on learning how to do little cuts yourself mm. because recording cuts you don't need to be a battle dj dude yeah, nah. to be able to record cuts nah, that man. sound fucking dope man and, and there's two guys bilby's one of them he did a track with 925 called charles manson recently and the cuts on that are fucking sick yes yeah, i cannot fault the man yeah, sample choice dope. just little babies little release or mm. stab scratches all that you need it's exactly what was needed for mm. the song and i messaged dope. him straight away when i heard it and went dude you fucking nailed that a shout out to bill because he showed he's i reckon been at every ill format show that we've ever word done it. he shows up and word, supports word. and there's another guy um chaps the caveman who recently uh had a track Fuck, on the, that's a dope name on the yeah man he's a dope chaps the caveman. yeah man hip -hop, he's just like me man half like metal head half hip-hop head and shit um and he had recently uh ferox 333 out of sydney just dropped their remix project and he was one of the dudes that was asked to do a remix on it dope. um and he's a phenomenal producer man all old school shit all uh, part of the dusty disciples crew so they're all just wax heads that just sample straight off wax he's got an mm. old mpc 2000 that he runs yeah. i know he like gets a bit handy with the fixing of shit like i've seen him mm. post stuff of him you know fixing fucking the yeah, boards yeah, and yeah. shit like that which again i'm just like that's over my head i'll pay yeah. some other dude to soldering yeah iron. all that sort of <laughs> shit man and, and like it's all beyond yeah, me but man i've heard him do cuts and stuff on on shit that again yeah. simple do yourself man but the best thing that i love man I, I fucking rely on anybody for anything bro like if i want to do some shit i just do my own shit i don't ask That's anybody it, to fucking do anything when i started editing first you know i'd open the program up and i was like how the fuck am i ever gonna wrap yeah. my head around this to the point where it was crazy a month ago there's another guy who i know as a youtube channel channel in um melbourne and his shit's like a lot bigger than mine but it's a car channel mm -hmm. and he was asking me if i was interested like editing full-time for him no and shit doing photos yeah and thumbnails and shit for him yeah on that note man like the amount of effort you know to, to go into anything like mm. this you know and i'm and i've i've Crazy noticed shit. a lot of similarities between building you know when i watch youtube youtube guys build up their channel from only a couple of hundred subscribers and getting up to that mm. top tier it's very similar to doing the battle shit like last year was an odd year for battles because obviously the covid meant no live battles which that's always my strong suit because I'll, yeah. pr I'll practice 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 how was that it was very strange man there was because a, a lot of people sort of assumed that oh it must be easier because you're at home and you're in a comfortable spot you can just keep recording blah 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 mm. till you get but, you till you nail your to, to nail your set yeah 
But because of all that factors, it actually makes it fucking harder. And trying mm. to explain that to people that yeah. don't re- don't have that grinding aspect to anything in their life, they just mm. didn't get it. But because everyone knows that you're comfortable, you can film it again and again and again. Yeah, man, I reckon I filmed my fucking set <laughs> probably. I probably practiced the set a couple of hundred times and and then like in terms of when the red light was actually on and i was filming it Mm. fuck man probably like between fucking 400 500 times yeah man it takes a lot of time but also because i I also did it the harder way as well than some people do where they'll just practice 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 for hours and hours and hours on end for days weeks on end and then once they're starting to get it clean, that's when they'll hit record. Whereas I mm. hit record from the very get go. Oh, as soon as shit. I had the routine together and I knew pattern structure and okay, blend this into this or you know all that sort of stuff. What I just went. Fuck? It's better to from the very start give myself the hardest possible task from the get go, and that will force me to get better quicker. Mm. And I know it doesn't sound like it because, like I said, three, four, five hundred times it was weeks of and it was sort of a blessing having the lockdown time and not not working as much as i was Did you previously. find that you were being that you could be creative during the lockdown because i couldn't no i had three months off and i'd i'd been thinking to myself since i started the youtube shit i'd been thinking to myself if i could just get some time off yeah and then when lockdown came, they were offering shit at work. They were just like, yo, um, we qualify for JobKeeper. If anyone wants to take any time off on that shit and can survive on that shit, yep. which a lot of people couldn't because yep. they had families, but I was like, fuck, I could survive on that yeah. shit. I don't know what it was, bro. Man, I, I, For I... the first six weeks, I was in the biggest fucking laziest slump ever. Same. I did a lot of shit around the house like i fucking sold a lot of shit i didn't need because people were taking out their super i sold a lot of cameras and a lot of stuff that i wasn't using i got rid of um i changed out my tv and just some shit around the house like my mattress i got a sleeping duck bro you ain't fucking slept on nothing until you slept on one of those fuck bro but yeah i I didn't understand it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I had the same thing, Every single Bro, I had days where I was like literally in like my trackies, which is not me at mm. all, bro, till two, three, four in the afternoon. And there were some days where I didn't even shower. And I love mm. showering, bro. Uh, when I'm at work, I shower in the morning and I shower when I come home yep. from work. Um, I love that shit. I don't know what the fuck was happening to me, man. It was fucking insane. I don't know if it was because we couldn't leave the crib or I don't know if I had the three months off and it was just normal, if mm-hmm. that would have happened as well. Yep. But the fucked up thing is, is I go to work at fucking four in the morning. I do a 10 fucking 11, 12 hour day sometimes, physical shit. Yep. I come home and then I edit for four hours. Yeah. During normal life. Yep. During that period nothing man i had the same thing my biggest year of of progression in terms of skill wise and in turntablism was the one year where i had a nine to five for that whole year because when you've got that time constraint and you've got something that you really care about like you know you and the editing and, Mm. and videos um 
you go no 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 like I, as soon as you get home from work I have to yeah. because this I love I doing this so, yeah, yeah exactly so you're sitting at work in that last few hours of work going fuck I'm almost done like it's mm. time to go home and you yeah. know I got the, I got yeah. this this and this yeah, that I, I like need that. to work on yeah. so going from 2015 to 2016 and I knew that I was going to be battling Osiris who later on became my crewmate I knew that I had to put in a lot of work mm. to uh to to even contend with him because he's been battling since 2003 mm. club DJ a lot so he's got a much better ear for dj oriented stuff than i do because i'd only been doing it fuse at the time and yeah. i had um i was doing nine to five that being said i was still putting in eight hours of turntables most days so i'd wake up in the morning that's that's ma- maybe good. do an hour or two in the morning as soon as i get home from work right mm. up until midnight mm. and that you know amongst all my other hobbies fucking smoking weed and doing all this other yeah, shit yeah, as well yeah. But it was that, and and the year before, I remember. Isn't it amazing though? Well, it's it's, it's funny, fucking insane, it, man, isn't it, it? Just that, and then comparing that to you know lockdown, like after twenty the twenty nineteen title. It's like right, there's my first one. I got two to go, so I always had the plan of right as soon as I get back from London, that first trip, I'm going to start working on it. Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, you went to London on the first. Yeah, one. so the yeah. first one I got, yeah. to, I got to, to fly over to London and, and experience that whole thing, which mm. was you know like fucking surreal, a, a fucking dream, man. Yeah. Like you know walking through the doors of that venue and just going, holy shit, I've only ever seen yeah, this place on DVDs and on the Australian dude, yeah. like yeah. Um, so that was you know a ridiculous That's dope, experience, bro. That's man. So dope, man. Um, good on you, man. And that That's was all that hard work, bro. That's, yeah, that's man. That. And the, the even cooler thing going to London was there was a few dudes there that I because I had also won another battle in 2017, uh, 2017, 2018 called the Karma House Battle, which was hosted by uh, DJ Spell and DJ Reminis from New Zealand. They did like an online thing and it was just a, at the time supposed to be a Facebook battle. So you send a video yeah. each week that they, you know, or every two weeks you'd send in another video for the next, a supremacy type battle. So yep, yep. Uh, 90 seconds or two minutes head to head kind of thing, but one round. And then the um, they'd get world champ judges to just go, no, this guy or this guy. Yeah, and I remember that, seeing all that And it that was stuff. real cool, man, because yeah. it was one of these things where, like, no one expected to get anything out of it. Like, everyone was just doing because they wanted to battle. And I was hitting him up going, man, I want to be involved, blah, 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 blah. And the first one was just New Zealand heads. And two dudes, whoever had, had gotten through to the second round was facing K-Swiss, the kid, the child prodigy from, from New Zealand. Mm. And... um. Two dudes, that after the first dude dropped out, who had, had made, who I can't remember who it was, but had claimed something had happened, you know, like work or something rather like that. But Spell was sort of like, this dude dropped out, and then the next two backups found out that they were going to have to battle K-Swiss, and they didn't want to fucking do it, like, because he was on the up, you know, everyone yeah, yeah, knew that yeah. he was going to get a world title yeah. soon. So I don't give a fuck who it is. Yeah. I couldn't care less if it's my own father. I'll fucking battle him, like, who cares? <laughs> And so I got in there and then, you know, I lost to him, but then kept hassling him and going, man, if you do another one, like, I'll be the first dude yeah, in, yeah, I first yeah. dude in. And this turned from just this kind of real fun, and you know, a for the culture type online battle. And then he did a North America one. And then he did an Asia one. And then he did a South America one. And then all of a sudden, the Australian one pops up. Right. And I was like, fuck yeah, like sick. So I ended up battling... 
DJ Gooder, who was the, that year's DM, uh, DMC New Zealand champ, but he went under another name so that a lot of the Aussies didn't have a sook and whatever, mm. and uh, also battled against the Abbott, who was the guy on the controller last year on the comp, the New Zealand dude who battled yeah. on the little Pioneer controller. He's a fucking yeah, machine, yeah. man. And um, so I won that, and that was technically my first national title, because, and I sort of really felt like it counted because I'd beat the, that year's world number seven. He came seventh at the Worlds, and I just no, and I just knocked him off. That's so I was no. just like, man, I've just fucking won that battle. And so we all just thought that was the end of it. We go, oh, Walls is the national champ for Kame House Australia, and Gooda is the runner-up. And then we start getting messages from Spell a couple of months later going, we've been talking to Serato. They've given us a budget to fly everyone out yeah. to New Zealand to battle. So I wow. met the na- the each sort of continent's national champ and runner-up. All these dudes that I'd only ever seen on Instagram and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, particularly, like there was a few dudes as one from the from the United States and um, and this guy Himelex from Poland, who just I'd, I'd always watch and just love love their shit. Mm. Um, and so we all sort of got to meet together and we did this thing called camp Kame, where everyone was staying in the same uh we were saying uh what's uh, what's the australian version of a tra- trailer park like a fucking just a caravan holiday hol- caravan park that's the term yeah. and so there was two cabins and all the djs and judges were spread out across these two cabins and the judges were like uh dj Avect from canada who's won every world title you can possibly win he's going gonna go down in history as one of the greatest ever uh, DJ Brace and Total Eclipse. Damn. So Total Eclipse showed up as fashionably late a few days mm. later, but um, because he's always judging Australian DMCs and stuff, I know I, I speak to him quite often, and you know we're we're real cool. But I got to meet all these other DJs and stuff, and it was the Dope. first time meeting DJs that were on the world standard and stuff. Yeah. So when I first got got to go to and London, and I was there, and I was part Dope. of it, man. Um, and I really felt like, oh fuck, I'm not on the same standard as these dudes. Nah, and I had, you know, some that, of the bro. other boys. I was like, oh, you earned that that win, fuck man. Yeah. You won. Like yeah. that's you didn't just get a, a free victory. You fucking yeah, yeah. won that. And then, so when I got to London, I got to also not just have this first experience of seeing London and and all that. Yeah, I got to see some of the boys from that first trip. And we had Stoke. a little thing called the the barbecue club because at the cabin where we were staying, because two of the kids were that had won slots for that battle were like 13 and 14 was K-Swiss and Renner uh, from Japan who was a world champion I think 2015 or 2016 he won the world title against all grown men and he smashed everyone Damn. Um, but he sort of had his mum with him and shit and K-Swiss's dad was one of the organisers so all the weed heads and shit were like oh no we gotta keep it away from fucking yeah, yeah, the yeah. kids and the shit kids, so we had this yeah. thing called the barbecue club where we'd, we'd all get down this dingy ass barbecue and circle around that at the caravan park and just smoke spliffs the whole time so getting to catch up with a few of the barbecue club boys in london man like mm. and going fuck man like it's so dope to see you back like at, yeah. at that level that we were at then and yeah, yeah. and man that that was really inspiring going to london and, and oh. seeing it so moving into 2020 with lockdown and stuff into like that COVID from your bedroom i already was demotivated because i knew that no live event meant Oh, sorry, no live events happening at all in the, across the world meant the battle, if yeah. it goes ahead, because we didn't know if it was even going to happen at this point, would be a video thing. And I've never been much of a video yeah. battle. Like, I did it for this uh, battle because that's just the format it was, and I was so keen to battle in any format that I did it. Yeah. 
But the DMC thing, especially coming off winning it live, I didn't want to defend my title in a virtual realm. Yeah, I wanted to crazy, be on man. stage and, yeah. and defend it the way I felt. That, yeah, yeah. you know, And I sort of had it in my mind like there would be an asterisk. The fucked up thing is, is that now that it's happened once, like what's to stop it from happening all the time now? Well, and this is the big question for the DMC comp moving forward. Is that forward. what they're going to do? We don't know. And they, they haven't announced it but uh, there is this lingering this fear shit, that it's like because they've done it online yeah. and, and they've seen and that not just you don't that, have it's... to pay for a venue you don't have to yeah. pay security or wages for the flying or, people, flying yeah, people none of that what's saving to stop money them now and moving it to that realm permanently and mm. now the dmc that live element it will be gone dj's not meeting other djs exactly it's just all happening from bedrooms plus that that motivation when you're almost at that you know national winning level i remember when i came because i came second two years in a row at, mm. at australia at the australian finals mm. and the second year i fucking cracked the shits on stage there's there's footage of it on on youtube somewhere yeah of like me getting in the the master's ear while he's hosting and i'm like fucking wrap it up stop talking about me coming second because i'm gonna smash someone like i was so cut that i didn't win yeah. because i could taste that trip to london that mm. was what you what, like yeah, yeah the bro. title's great and all yeah. that but Experience, getting flown getting man. flown yeah. to london because the turntables bought you the trip there and your skills paid for that trip there man that's yeah. something else so, you know, knowing that that wasn't on the table for the COVID yeah. year was a massive demotivator. Plus, I'm a very social person, like yeah. to catch up with Fuck mates yeah. as much as I can um, and all that. Because I'm thinking like some turntablers probably fucking welcome this shit. They're just I like, think a lot of let's them just did. do it from the bedroom. Yep. Like, it's where I feel the most comfortable. Absolutely. Whereas, man, you, in this world... Because I come from the old world mm -hmm. as well. You have to force yourself to be in situations. That make you uncomfortable. Yeah, bro. That's what makes you and grow. Even, even with these podcasts, man, when I like ask people, I'm like, yo, man, would love to talk to you. Would love to. And I get a feeling from people where they're just kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to do. Uh, I, I'm just like, yo, man, I'm asking you to fucking come in and talk about your shit, promote yeah. your shit. I'll work around you. I don't give a fuck what hour it is. I don't care about whatever the fuck, man. Like, just, you know what I mean? Like, you got to you gotta fucking force yourself to yeah. be uncomfortable and do those things and go to London and meet people that you've never met before. And yeah, bro, it's sad. Yeah. It's sad, man. 100%. From, and like, man, from I was... what you're saying from your first year, like in London overseas to fucking being in your bedroom and doing your shit, like... And that was the weirdest thing, man. So, like, I still remember the night that I won in 2019... At laundry, like, you know, I had my missus there and I had not just my DJ mates, but I had, you know, every year I've got my old high school mates that aren't into music and stuff anymore or yeah. whatever that they come because they know support, that I'm, yeah. yeah, support me and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, I'm walking out there with, you know, I'm carrying boxes of prizes. My missus is behind no. me carrying my gold mixer and Fuck my, my yeah. other mates are carrying other shit and like... um just the joy I felt that I was able to share that experience of winning with other people that oh, yeah, were there man. and witnessed it. And Special, even, you know, man. a few of my old high school mates that came just going, man, it was so dope to be in that room mm. and see you pull it off. And then yeah. seeing them go, guess who won? Yeah. DJ fucking Wolsey. And then the yeah, crowd man. lost their shit because I'd sort of become at that point coming so close twice i knew the first year that i that osiris i'd, I'd really have to pull out something special to beat him but then the next year because i didn't know that midsole was coming back and he's a phenomenal scratcher and phenomenal club dj but i felt like i had him on on the juggling tip mm. 
and but we didn't know that he was coming back until he put his hand up for the WA one. But because they don't do footage of it, you just see the results and go, oh no shit, this can't come back. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, this that's gonna sh- fucking make it a little bit harder. And he fucking beat me. Yeah. But being able to do it. Yeah, live man. It was Fuck, man. It, that's the that's it worries I, me. I've seen the world uh get to this point even before COVID where um I don't know, it's just the old world is gone. It feels like yep. pre two thousand and four five is is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, where people used to go out and have a drink and have a chat and look each other in the eye and and do things together, bro. Like, what are you doing, man? Want to go for a dig today? Yeah, yeah sweet. We'll get some weed and we'll go look yeah, for man. some records. 100%. At some shithole. Um, you know, till you come out three, four hours later, dirty, and you found fuck all. But yeah. you know what, man? I still talk to some of my boys about that shit. Mm. I'm like, remember that time we went to that thing and you found blah, blah, blah. And, um, man, and that's, I think, again, when you were saying about the hip hop culture, like all people of this getting is into hip hop. And it's all getting pushed into bedrooms and yep. homes now i saw seth rogan get interviewed by tyler the creator last night it was just a random fucking thing that um popped up on youtube and i just listened to the seth rogan podcast and um he was talking about how people didn't go to the movies anymore and he was yep. like it, it was like sad he goes they go to the movies if it's some like blockbuster type of thing whatever um but everything but else, it's goes, online. Yeah, he's like, all my comedy shit and all that. He goes, there was a magic about people going to see Superbad at the cinema and everyone laughing together and going, that was a feel-good movie and it, whatever the fuck. He goes, that doesn't exist anymore, man. Like, Because yeah. um, he was talking about his uh, the other movie, The Interview, and how that was streamed online for $5 when it mm-hmm. first came out. I didn't even fucking know that. But um, apparently when that came out, I don't know what the fuck was happening happening but they just streamed it online so you could pay and watch it online i'm like what the fuck like and i think a lot of that stems not it's not just the you know the end consumer sort of opting for that route mm. i think a lot of it as well is pushed by the higher ups of these companies because the return on investment when you look at the this is what a movie's going to cost and if we just release it on Netflix, we can guarantee that yeah. it'll be viewed by probably more people than if you put it out in the cinemas exactly. because you have to put in effort and get a ticket and go, mm. you know, and yeah. make a day of it kind of thing. Um, people are building uh, cinemas at their house. At their They've house got the now. popcorn and machine at the house. Nah, man. Um, the Twitch thing happens at the house. Now the DJing is getting pushed into the houses and pretty much in the future i kind of feel like to leave your fucking house it's gonna be like get a permit you can do it to go to work well they're talking about about it on the news today Mm. about as my parents live in adelaide i haven't seen them in 14 months they're talking about if you want to go into state you're gonna have to get a permit yep they want to know where you've been and what you've done and i'm just like yo man like none of your fucking business what i've been yeah, it's doing like yo man why are you trying to push us into the crib so much man like we need sunlight we need fresh air fucking that lockdown shit bro like um i don't say this a lot but I, i've been to jail bro and for me it was it was reminiscent it of- was extremely difficult man and that's what i'm saying like it wasn't just the creativity bro it was for me, it was fucking, um, yo, man, that shit ain't healthy, man. Nah. It's not healthy for human beings to be like that. And um, 
it's just sad to see this shit like because well, i'm seeing you talk about this shit to me yeah and i can see the spark in your eye bro mm. you're like yo man we're in london we're smoking weed over yeah, this man. other thing you made this little crew and it's you know what i mean and then it's yeah man i I just don't. 100% agreement. And I think, yeah, it's the. Like, um, it's like they're pushing us into fucking just non existence, bro. I mean. And this, what, well, when. I want to see you on the world stage. Yeah. And, and I want to be back when, there, man. And when like, you say that, like, DMC, you don't know where it's going to go. I'm like, yo, man, boy, is this another thing, bro? This is the, this and is this is the. Like, and, and luckily, I think from speaking to DJ KC, who runs our DMC Australia branch, I think he's keen to at least get the nationals in this country back on a live stage. Word. Anyway, so at least he, because he won three titles in the 90s when it was quite big and, and, yeah. and stuff. He also. He loves that whole live element of, yeah. of of battling and stuff like that. Not just as a participant, but as a fan. And yeah. and you know, I've I've you see him every year. He's right, like he's obviously in work mode, stressing out about. Okay, we need to make sure it'll go smoothly. But yeah. you see the footage, and he's in the background smiling when DJs yeah. pull off their juggles and shit. Yeah. He's making all kinds of stank faces and shit because he loves the live event and loves the atmosphere yeah. of it. And I just love that knowing that everyone at a DMC battle, everyone's in there for the same rate. Whether yeah. or not, I think nowadays because of how niche it's gotten, it's starting to, I think, come back and attract more people because of our phones. And people are going, well, where, before COVID at least, people are going, where can I see scratching? Because every, mm. man, every fucking second DJ now knows how to scratch because yeah. of fucking Instagram. And they'll put up a little fucking whack-ass video, post mm. it, get a few dudes giving them props, and then a few of these other channels share their shit around so they get like 10 20k followers and, and man so there's there's a lot of dudes that get major props all over the world really that i've i've had words with and gone mate you are shit fuck man. i haven't seen any of this oh shit. man there's a lot of them I, I won't mention any names but a lot of guys that are particularly uh in the u.s that they'll they'll do the old thing where they'll buy followers post some whack-ass chirp video or some you know little crab basic stuff and then that they they back. they sell that like 10k followers plus these scratch videos to venues yeah. and go look at my reach look at my mm. social media reach and then they get booked and get residencies off the back of that yeah. i had a guy hit me up to it was some rap show uh, at the corner uh with some canadian guy that came and the first question he asked was, what's your social media reach? Yeah. Because as soon as he said that, I was just like, I couldn't give a fuck about this gig. I don't care if it's lost revenue or whatever. Like, I don't want to fuck with dudes that only yeah. place importance on that. Mm. So I go, sub 1,000. Yeah. Knowing that as soon as I say that, he's going to go, oh, well, you know, you need to have more followers yeah. to, to do this. And I'm like, and I'm just thinking, man, like, if that's the first question you're asking artists or yeah. whatever to get in what the like how fucking far can you take promotion because mm. a lot of these dudes don't realize that man if i just put a hundred bucks the, they're the kind of guys that are just like yo man i'm gonna do this promoting thing and i'm gonna do you know they have no interest in what the fuck what's going on really 100 percent, man um and that yeah i don't know man. so hopefully dmc you know like at least in australia i'm fairly confident that we'll if let's, we're if we're allowed to yeah you let's know, hope man let's, let's hope. touch wood that, that we can do a live one london's the real 
yeah. the real question mark because we don't know. I just also kind of feel like with the digital shit, it's like you can take it or leave it. Um, you're not going to be up on everything. The back in the days when we went to DMCs, we we knew all the DJs that were coming up. Mm-hmm. Some of them are homies. Like, um, we were very in tune yep. with what was happening. Whereas with the internet, it's like I didn't watch all the world. Because you can skip. You I can watched skip yours. Those, yeah. I watched uh, the French one, and I watched. I think it was uh, the Greek one or something. Because you said yeah, to Kitsos. me, you said yeah, to Kitsos me, is at, sick. Uh, yeah, some shit at Union Heights, and I was. Just, and that's oh, generally oh. the way it goes with the online videos. Dudes will watch the guy yeah. that reps their country, and then yeah. generally one, two, three. Mm. If if they didn't get in, get in there. Yeah, I didn't and, even. Watch and that's another. <laughs> that's another beef with with where the battle scene is now, and I'm sure you noticed it if you watched the the national streams from last year. Is because of social media and the you know this PC culture that that we live in now, mm, which makes me sick. Hundred percent, I echo that, man. <laughs> um, Everyone has to be friends. Everyone in the battle scene has to be friends. So, and in the nationals last year, and it fucking made me furious that they're doing the the interviews with DJs before their sets. And, oh, have you got a message to the other DJs? Mm. And every single other person, uh, with the exception, I think, of maybe not Jared. I don't think Jared said, you know, said any of this shit, but almost everyone else said the old, I hope everyone pulls off their set clean and, you know, I hope everyone's happy with the video submit, blah, blah, blah. That shit makes me sick, bro. Fuck that shit. And then when they get to me, because I knew- eat your children, bitch. Man, that was my attitude, man. So when they get to me, they go, have you got a message for any of the other DJs? I'm like, yeah, fuck the lot of you. I hope you can all go get fucked. And that's all I said, man, because I'm not- I'll be friends with you after. And all these guys, like, I'm friends with them and Mm. they hit me up on Insta or Facebook. And we're friendly and shit, but- It's so much more genuine when people speak like that. That's what the world's fucking forgetting. Yeah, man. Because when you're fake- to me and you're being nice to me and you're fucking fake i can't fucking stand that shit 100%. i'd rather if you just fucking told me man Driz, you're being a fucking bitch you're being a dick <laughs> fuck you rah, rah rah and my respect for you will go through the fucking roof yeah. and i'll be like man you're a fucking sick and look i know that's dope. some of these guys like because off stage you'll be friends a lot of these guys There's don't be they that. don't come from a, a hip-hop background so that whole oh. that staunch confidence yeah, that, yeah. that hip-hop heads traditionally mm. have i know it's not in a lot of these guys there's one guy in particular who i said to him, i'm like man just i get that you're you know you come from a club background and, and whatnot but when you're battling man like i'd like to see you just go for, just for stuff like the interviews or even putting in little disses in your routines and stuff like dissing is almost a thing of the past is it, it it's something that you don't like Every, almost fuck? every year I've got that one guy that I'm targeting and that's I want to make him look as worse as possible with disses that I put in my routine and Holy I put a diss shit. to J-Red in my routine right at the end of the video there was a cut to a Star Wars clip yeah. where uh, Han Solo says to Luke where did you dig up that old fossil yeah 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 yeah. at the end of my routine I slotted that video in for two seconds because I knew A. J-Red's a massive Star Wars yeah, head yeah, as am I old school cunts, but, yeah. but B, I knew that that was a little bit of a you know a, nu- a nut shot because yeah. I felt, and me and you know and me and Jared are still good mates, but mm. I sort of felt like oh, okay, it's been how how many years you know since mm. you 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 were battling blah 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 and now I'm on top mm. and you want to come back and have a crack at me like yeah. 
I see how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so I just sort of felt like I had to put a diss in there to go, nah, Jenny, like... I respect like, that shit. As soon as that video played, he called me the night, you know, as soon as they announced the results and shit. Mm. He goes, you fucking smart ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I like see? that diss, blah, blah, blah. And I goes, oh, bro, I had to put it in there, it's man. It's like, do shit, bro. And that's... And that's, that's you get that respect, And, man, man, with him, like, we went on Instagram straight after the battle finished and, and we're just having a chat about, you know, how we went about battling and stuff. Just... To sort of let people know that, like, no, once the battle's over, yeah, we're sweet, man. It's like, beer, it's, man. A, it's like Hang the footy out, players, exactly about, right. Like, you, you can punch about. on on out on the field, yeah. but once the siren's gone, man, I've got yeah. nothing to gain by you being have an a enemy. Beer and you talk about what you liked about in each other's sets, hundred percent. See, hundred percent. That was good. I like that shit. I don't know if it's just my generation or whatever the fuck. We come from the days of where you hang shit on each other, bro, all the fucking time. That's how you were. You became best friends, bro. Oh, that's man. how you became brothers, man. I hope that that's not fucking lost. This PC shit is ruining. Yo, man, I'm all for equality. I hate racism. Yeah. All that shit. But it's like... Like the yo, way that PC has tried to crush comedy. Way. Every time Dave Chappelle or any of these dudes have these yeah. jokes and then you wake up next day and it's all headlines because some group of people didn't like it or whatever. Those and group Dave of people sh shouldn't be watching that shit in the first place. Exactly. If you're easily offended and you're- Just don't watch just comedy. Don't watch it, man. But no, we're in a generation where people hey. seek out things that offend them because they're comfortable and they think that their opinion matters mm. online because they have a keyboard that has access yeah. to the internet where, oh, well, Channel 7 posted yeah. this or whatever. The and they feel up. like their comment or whatever- um, you know, holds weight. And it's like, can't we just go back to the days where you just fucking read the paper, you spruiked to your missus and gone, will you believe this shit? Mm. And that was the end of it because mm. you didn't have an avenue to post online where you think yeah. that you deserve to be heard. And, and that's why most of these when I see this shit online, I just end up trolling yeah. cunts half the time. Yeah, I'm the just same. Because I actually I just, enjoy it. I really oh, enjoy man, it. It's, it's, and, I like and trolling. I, and a, the best one is I was it's watching- like a new um, hobby of mine and I shit, I was bro. watching- uh, <laughs> The best one, man, is we're not alone. A lot of hip-hop heads do it too. Yeah. Uh, Willie D from the Ghetto yeah, Boys, yeah, man. Yeah. Have, uh, he was on the Joe Rogan experience mm. recently and he talks about- And Joe Rogan talks about how each of them handle trolls. And mm -hmm. Joe's like, oh, well- I just sort of ignore it and just don't give don't give them the time of day, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And Willie's just like, nah, man. Yeah. I get straight into him because he does a lot of pro-black stuff, which yeah. then pu pulls I out all the, shit on all the racists, yeah, man, come out and gun at Willie D as if he's anti-white yeah, when yeah, he's just yeah. pro-black, man. Yeah. And he goes, man, if I can make them, you know, crawl under that rock that they mm. came from, mm. man, I've won. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck dope. these dudes, that's man. Dope. Like, I like and I was thinking, fuck, this is why I love Willie D, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he's such a G. Yeah, man, that's dope. I really like that shit. I was actually seeing people online fucking uh, talk shit about fucking Steve Jobs and how he's such a fucking great man, this, that, whatever. He's fuck. You know what, man? I actually fucking disagree, man. I think he's a bit of a fucking dick licker because this phone shit, bro, it ruined the world, man. Straight up. You know, the best thing that we should do right now is ditch these fucking things uh, off a fucking uh, Just as you say it, I'm sitting back. there texting, yeah. texting people and, we, and shit. Ah, but, 100% though. Or we need to go to uh like a different stage where we have phones but there's no this is what i've been thinking about there's no like social media there's no it's just um, the call no and text messaging yeah, they're so the there's only maps two apps. for your car yep. Yep. there's a torch if you need it there's 
It's a tool, yep. whatever the fuck. But the essentials, Text, not the social media call, shit. All that, get rid of all that yep. shit. Let's go back to the world of that, man. I guarantee you things would be better. Look how fucking divided the human race is oh. at the moment. Look how angry everybody is. It's not just in America. Everybody has their own opinion, like yep. you're saying before. And, it's and like, not just that, but you go to a gig now. And I still remember going to see Metal Beans, you know, in my t- early teens, just before the phones were hot, because phone cameras were still shit then. So there was no point in holding up your phone and getting mm. footage of it. So you'd you'd enjoy it. You'd yeah. stand there and have that ex- right. and you're with your mates, and then you'd yeah. always talk about like, remember when fucking this yeah. band did this? We and never do that shit, man. But then now the you go to gigs and whatever, and guys are just holding up their phone rather for, than in- first of all the the sound quality of what you're recording it's on your be phone. Shit. So don't bother. Don't don't bother. But they still. Because phone microphones dudes. aren't oh. built to be recording things at shows. Man. Oh. Don't worry about it. 100%. You're at a fucking Kanye concert. Like, I was fucking watching some doco about him in 2013, 14, after um, that uh, joint came out. Fuck knows. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, they're rid of the concert and everyone's got their phones in the air. And I'm yeah. just thinking, bro, man, what are you going to do with that footage? We're going to load it up on fucking YouTube and clog shit up, man. None of that's fucking usable. What are you yeah. doing? Fuck off with that shit. Enjoy that shit. Say that you fucking went and did it and you saw it and it was fucking gangster. And fucking leave it at that, yeah. man. We need to prove shit oh. to the world. Like, I'm all down just for it. If you want to take your alone, phone to man. get a photo of you and your Fuck mate yeah. at the show. I get a shitload of photos, That man. sort of shit, I think, is ill. But when, when, when he's performing, in a track or someone's like putting their heart and soul into shit leave your phone hundred percent man and leave your arm down like unless you unless they call them up for oh i pull your lighters out well you know the funniest thing was um speaking about arms being up and shit i went to see mix master mike Mm -hmm. fucking 20 something years ago at the synagogue in adelaide and uh it was so packed in there that once you put your arm up you, you couldn't get it down. It. it was crazy, bro. My arm went dead like a motherfucker. Like, and then you just and there was all these people as well that were just resting their arms <laughs> and shit on other. I never seen nothing like it, bro. But yeah, that was a fucking bit of a left field comment. Yo, should we end this shit? Yeah, three hours, yeah, man. man. This is dope, man. We can fucking do another one in the future, yeah, or whatever. Man, but you're natural at this shit, bro. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate this is, it, man. I dope, think it's man. all it's all the you know the radio shit. Like I'm used yeah. to doing the. And it ain't that hard, man. I think a lot of people put a lot of um, I don't know. It's like a it's like fear or some shit. Like oh man, podcast. It's like bro, just fucking. I remember when Eighth Dan came here, mm-hmm. um, and the poor guy was just sweating, and I was just like, bro, just relax, man. Because we, me and him, without the microphones, we talk hip hop. Yeah for hours bro so i'm just like this is it's the same thing as in the lounge but here we're talking on mics and then after he was done he was like that wasn't that bad and then when he heard it he was like it's actually came out pretty good in the edit and i was like bro don't don't stress about that his podcast is one of the yeah, like, my better ones and shit that's yeah doing it's, really it's, a, well, it's so. a funny one the, the doing the interview type stuff because doing it on yeah. the first my introduction it's to just it two was, cunts having a couple beers and talking about something that they yeah, love yeah man, man and it, look it. and it's better i prefer doing it like this you know at someone's place for their podcast because mm. the, the, rather than the radio thing because i remember the first few times doing pbs where I got a little bit too rowdy and dropped it, you know, mm. a couple of C bombs on yeah, PBS, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and you know, the only two things that I was I was instructed to not How say by he, by heater, oh, I, I, there was a there was an email sent. Oh shit! Um, but um, 
Look, but I think that's, you know, that's been forgotten in the past. And this this is what I keep saying to people. Podcasts are the way of the future. Because here you can drop C-bombs all you fucking want. Man, look at the um, deal that Joe Rogan just got with fucking Spotify, bro. bro, And and he's calling the shots. They said, we don't want to change what you're doing. You do your guests. You record it how you want it. That's the way it forward. I think that this is media. this is really the future. Um, yeah. Because you can really tune into who you want to tune into, and at the same time, it's just like it's it's not controlled by somebody that's going to be sending an email, bro. You know what I'm saying? Hundred <laughs> so, Yeah, it's good, man. Anyway, we're gonna leave it there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna edit the fuck out of this and post it. And um, yo, Wolsey, you're a fucking sick cunt. Thanks Keep for representing, us, man. This is dope. And uh, yo, peace till the next time i'm out peace out you you that was it what'd you guys think thank you for tuning in share this shit like this shit till the next time it's your boy big driz a river dage So yeah, you guys know how it is, man. After the outro, I always dribble shit for a little bit. But we briefly spoke about Mixmaster Mike in this podcast, and I just wanted to tell my Mixmaster Mike story. I was moving a lot of uh, stuff back in the days, especially when we went to that Mixmaster Mike show. I was a very busy man. Um, it it was such an amazing night, man. Seeing Mixmaster Mike do what he did, it, oh, holy fuck. The, we talk about the arm not being able to come down, and it's it's crazy, man. Your arm was literally, if you put it up in the air, you weren't getting it back down. We were crammed into the synagogue like sardines. The other thing is, and I don't know if this was staged, but Madcap and Delta were running that show that night. So uh, Channel Live Sparking Madism was playing, and Delta's DJing. And Delta, all of a sudden, halfway through the track, kills the track, and he starts walking off. And I think Madcap was kind of like uh, introducing Mixmaster Mike. And as Derek's talking, as Madcap's talking, Mixmaster Mike comes out. He walks straight past Delta, and he's just like, yo, man, what the fuck? You, like, kill this tune? And he ends up pressing start and the record starts again. Wake up in the morning with them. It was already halfway in, but you know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, Adelaide is a, is a real stoner town, man, from back in the days with the politicians and the, and the lax laws and all that kind of stuff. We got the mad bud in Adelaide. The fucking crowd lost their mind. I never, ever thought that at a show I would think that a building would collapse on me or cave in on me. But this was some next shit. Like, we were crammed in, like, fucking sardines, man. And this building was popping at the seams and shit. So, I don't know if it was staged. Don't know if Delta was in on that. Only he could tell that story. Madcap as well. And Mixmaster Mike. One of the greatest shows that I've ever been to in my life.
Just thought I'd share that, man. And uh, if you guys have stuck around this far into the end of the podcast and shit, thank you so much. And um, yo, I'm out, man. I'm going to go and uh, perv on Instagram models and shit for a while and have my morning coffee while I scroll. <laughs> yo, I've been listening to way too much Cool Keith, man. That dude is a monster. Um, yo, I'm leaving it there. Enough talking. A river ditch.